So in Acts chapter 2, after the disciples received the gift of the Holy Spirit, that's our scripture from last Sunday. Remember, the disciples are gathered together in Jerusalem, risen Christ before he ascends to heaven, promises that once they gather together, they will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And on that Pentecost day that's described in the first part of Acts chapter 2, that's exactly what happens. The Holy Spirit comes upon those gathered disciples and they begin to speak languages that they don't even know. When they start to speak all of these languages, the crowd that's gathered there is bewildered. Scripture uses the word bewildered. The crowd is confused. They're stunned. They're amazed. They're bewildered because they're each hearing the disciples speak in their own languages, in their native language. And they start to ask, what does this mean? What does this mean? What is happening? You remember from last Sunday that they even wonder, are the disciples intoxicated? Are they drunk? Peter stands up and he gives a sermon. And he starts by saying, it's still early in the morning. No, something else is happening here. Something wild is happening. Something amazing is happening and so Peter uses this strange witness, as we talked about last Sunday, as an example of this movement of the Spirit, God's activity in the world, that God is doing this new thing. And Peter delivers a sermon on the gospel, the gospel story. Now, we didn't read Peter's sermon this morning, but it tells about Jesus' work both his work on earth and his death and his resurrection and what God is continuing to do through the risen Christ. And Peter's sermon includes this line, but God raised Jesus from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep his hold on him. Peter's sermon ends with the proclamation of Jesus as both Lord and Christ both Master and Messiah. And that's where our scripture for today picks up. When the crowd heard Peter's sermon, scripture tells us that they were cut to the heart. They wanted to know what to do next. Kind of like Bailey talking into her phone. Hey Siri, tell me where to follow Christ. Where is God working? Tell me what to do. The disciples were told, those followers and those who had gathered were cut to the heart. They wanted to know what to do next. Peter tells them to repent and to be baptized in the name of Jesus. The New International Version says that about 3,000 people accepted his message and were baptized that day. But I like the New Revised Standard Version a bit better. This is what it says. So those who welcomed his message were baptized. And that day about 3,000 persons were added. Those who welcomed his message. Do you remember that old USA Network slogan, Characters Welcome? Does that sound familiar at all? Characters Welcome. The thought behind that slogan was to highlight some of the funny, wild, and entertaining characters that were part of the USA Network's show lineup at the time. 
And I think, for instance, about one of my all-time favorite shows, which was airing on USA during that time. The show was called Psych. Anybody else like Psych? Maybe two other people? <laughs> Such a good show. Psych was a detective drama comedy. There's a combination for you. It was a detective drama comedy about Sean Spencer, who has impressive observation skills, and he's able to convince people that he's a psychic because of his observation skills. And so he uses these pseudo-psychic abilities to solve crimes. So this show is about Sean and his pseudo-psychic abilities and also about his reluctant partner named Gus. Gus is a punny guy and impressive and intelligent in his own right. And Sean and Gus are two really great characters. They're great characters. Now, I've said this to you many times before, but I love words. I love words. I believe in their power and their playfulness. When I listen to music, I pay close attention to the lyrics. I enjoy reveling in a songwriter's cleverness or turn of phrase or the ability to come up with a clever and catchy hook. When I watch a television show, I love to watch shows with smart and unexpected dialogue. If I can guess what the character is going to say next, that show's probably not for me. And the best TV characters, characters like Sean and Gus in the show Psych, they have a special way of moving and talking and being in their created worlds. The best screen characters they break molds and cliches. They break stereotypes. They keep you guessing. The English word for character was first used to describe a symbol or a marking, like a character or a letter in the alphabet, which has its own distinctive mark. That was the first use of the word character. In the 1600s, the English word character began to be used for a person in a play or a book, as in a character in a book with his own distinctive attributes or markings. The quality of a TV show or book is of little value if there aren't great characters, if there aren't interesting and dimensional characters, characters that keep you guessing. I've been thinking about characters this week as I've reflected on this passage from Acts chapter 2. This is the story of the birthday of the church. We're told that 3,000 people welcomed the message that day. And we already know from the beginning of Acts chapter 2 that those who were gathered were a diverse group. The nationality list of that group includes Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. It was a diverse group gathered that day. 
And so I keep thinking about those 3,000 people who welcomed the message that day. And can you imagine that cast of characters that were added to the church on that one single day? At the end of the service today, we'll be voting on our new class of elders and deacons here at Tiger River Presbyterian Church. I love this time as a congregation because we get to affirm the gifts and talents and passions and skill sets of our fellow church members as we elect those who will lead us as a congregation into the coming years. I also love welcoming new elders and deacons and onto the session and deacon board because you get to see how this new cast of characters will come together to lead our congregation. How they will think and plan and grow in new ways. How their differing personalities and perspectives can come together for a singular purpose of following God's leading for us as a church. Our passage for today says that 3,000 people welcomed the message. And it also says this about that new cast of characters all coming together. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. As you heard Ryan and Lizzie talk about in their stewardship video, one of the things we love about Tiger River Presbyterian Church is the opportunity to welcome people in all different seasons of life. Like Lizzie said, we get to meet people where they are. This morning, I want to put it this way. We want to be a church where characters are welcome. We want to be a church where different personalities and perspectives can come together in mutual devotion and mission. Ryan put it really well. He said, just because our church is smaller than some doesn't mean our outreach and service are. When we come together to serve, our outreach can be outsized. Now, I don't know if Ryan came up with that or not, but I'm stealing it, just so you know. I'm stealing it. I like that turn of phrase. For a church our size, our outreach is outsized. But another one of the truly beautiful things about our church is that we believe that every person has a part to play in our ministry. Every character, every personality, every passion, every gift. Everyone has a part to play in this story that we're trying to tell. In our desire to seek the Spirit's leading. That's why we've been having our different ministry teams stand up and share their anniversary goals with you. We want to help each and every one here find a place where your gifts and your skills can be utilized for the glory of God and for the ministry of the church. I like to think about the 3,000 people added to the church on that Pentecost day. All those different languages and cultures and characters coming together in that one moment. Can you imagine the early disciples trying to figure that all out? Trying to figure out how to make it all work? How to bring everyone together into community with one another? 
A good start was their mutual devotion to the teaching, fellowship, to worshiping and praying together as their passage ends today. But that mutual devotion that's described in Acts chapter 2, it doesn't get you very far unless you truly believe that everyone is welcome. It doesn't get you very far unless you truly believe that everyone has a part to play. Remember, the Apostle Peter ended his sermon that day this way. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises for you and the promises for your children, the promise is for all who are far away, The promise is for everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. I love that the praise band sang that song, The Blessing, as our anthem this morning. Because the anthem talks about that. How this blessing, how this call is for every generation, for every person, those who are near, those who are far away, every season of life is included. Every personality is included. Every character is welcome. Everyone has a part to play. In TV and movies, characters who stay in the background with no speaking parts or no close-ups are called extras. They're called extras. Extra as in not essential to the story or plot. What I love about a church our size is that we can truly say that there are no extras. (laughs) There are no extras. Everyone has a part. Everyone has a role. And everyone's role is important. My uncle lived in California. He was a pastor at the Presidio. He was the chaplain there. And they filmed a movie called The Presidio. Any of you seen that movie before with Sean Connery? And my uncle was the minister in that film at a uh, graveside scene. And he had a speaking part in The Presidio. But when the movie came out, they cut him out. (laughs) One of his biggest regrets. (laughs) At Tiger River Presbyterian Church, we don't cut anyone out. There are no extras. Everyone has a part to play. And that's not just a belief that's essential to how our church functions, but that is a theological belief. That is a theological belief because we believe that God calls each of us. That we are all called by God to be a part of God's story, to be a part of how God is working in our world how God is working in our community, how God is working in our church. Every character is welcome. That's a big part of what the stewardship season is all about. We ask the question, how are we each going to use our particular resources and our gifts and our passions to further Christ's church and God's mission? In August, 
as I said earlier, we celebrated 25 years as a church, our first quarter century together. But now as we head into act two of our church's story, this is a philosophy and a theology that we need to hang on to. We all have a part to play. It takes all of us. There are no extras in God's church. There are no characters. There are no backup characters in God's sacred script. All characters are welcome. God calls each of us to be a part of what God is doing in the world. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, thank you for inviting us to participate in the story you are telling in this world. God, thank you that you love characters, even flawed characters like ourselves. We know that there is so much that we get wrong. There are so many ways that we fall short of living out your calling on our lives. But God, you call us again and again by your mercy and grace. You believe in us over and over again. Lord, you invite us into the foreground. You invite us to play a part in how your grace, mercy, and love is infusing this world. And so help us, God, through the power of your resurrected Son to sense how your Spirit is moving among us and in our church. Help us to be brave enough, generous enough, and confident enough to share our gifts with each other. And so we pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.